Once again, this is Diesel Hampton, and you're tuned in to Denia Azure Radio. Good evening, Diesel, and welcome to Denia Azure Radio. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I am so glad to have you here. I absolutely love working with you. Your beats are insane. So uh, Diesel Hampton is an amazing Grammy-nominated producer, and he has his own company called DHMG. So before we get into GHMG and how that came to be, how did you originally start doing music? Uh, well, it started back when I was a kid. I was uh, 13 years old, and uh, I've always had an interest in music, but I was 13 years old hanging out at my cousin's house down here in Atlanta, and uh, he was friends with a lot of legendary Atlanta DJs, uh, DJ Kizzy Rock, uh, now known, known as Mr. Collar Park, uh, DJ Smurf, you know, all those guys. And they come over, they play with the, the turntables and the equipment, and when they leave, I would go in there and play around with the equipment until I, I got good at it. And every night I'd be working on it, and then it just grew from me becoming a DJ to me starting to freestyle rapping with my friends in high school to uh, my sister and I formed a, our first rap group, and that group ended up became a, a you know, pretty big deal for us. We got signed to Sony Records. Uh, we had that for a couple of years, and then from that, we performed with the Grammys in 2002. Uh, and then I became a producer on my on my own right, and uh, produced quite a quite a <laughs> quite a bit of music. And then um, I've been working, you know, with the, with Malik Yusuf and his camp for a while, and um, here I am now doing my doing my own thing oh, now. That's what's up. So, what is the what is one of the first artists that you've been working with? One of the first on artists I started working with? On my on own? On your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first first act I ever worked with was uh, was uh, Kiwan from the St. Lunatics. That was the first first person I ever worked with. And I worked with him because I started as a DJ for him at a comedy club he had in St. Louis. Uh, you know, I grew up in St. Louis, so um, I played with them for a while, and then I started working on them on a couple tracks, and um, that was it. You know, it was the first major artist I ever worked with. That's awesome. So how did you originally start working with Malik? That was a little bit of happenstance, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I married the lovely Bryson, Miss Sin Alexander, and uh, she said, uh, we, we talked about me doing music, and she saw, you know, I was really into it and what my interests were, and she said, hey, I know, I know a guy, and, um, you know, I don't know if you know who he is. And he said, his name is Malik Youssef, and he's like my my, my brother, you know, in, in spirit. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, I knew Malik because I was spinning in, in uh, some co- some coffee clubs in, in St. Louis, and the song he had out at the time was uh, Do You Want to Ride with Common. And because right. I played that song so much, it became a staple in most of the clubs I played in. Like most people know Malik in, in St. Louis know him from that song. And I was the one that really pushed that song out in in that area, and so when she told me that he was um, he was uh, you know her her people, you know I was excited like boom let's 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 make it happen and you know we hit off well from the first meeting and just from that point on we built a kinship and you know started working from there. That is so awesome, and Grammy nominated producer Diesel Hampton is my guest here on Denia Israel Radio. I actually met Diesel last year when we were at uh, Grammy Weekend. And mm-hmm. those those who know me in person know how tall I am. 
Um, so I'm like, who is this person that's like, I'm looking up to? What is this? <laughs> right. And, you know, and then I found out that he was just this, inc- like, he, cause he must be a producer, but like, everybody's a producer when you talk to them. And when you can hear, when you're at a guy in party. And so, like, after you hear some of this music, it's just absolutely insane. And so now we're doing some records out with, with that kid's camp, and, it, and it's just been, a blessing to be able to work with him because just to see the progression that he he's had uh, working with our students yeah. has just been amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, tell us, tell us about you. You know, what do you think of your experience with Bad Kids Camp so far? Because you've been with us for I uh, want to say maybe like six or seven months, though. So. Yeah. What I, what I really like about Bad Kids is I get a chance to what something I really love doing, which is reaching back and help uh, artists and producers and songwriters who are really trying to get to that next level. It's a passion of mine to help people have a better experience than I had in the music industry. I mean, my history goes back to getting screwed up record deals and dealing with, um, you know, some some pretty bad people I shouldn't have been dealing with in in the music industry. But I get a chance with bad kids to to actually help these kids. kids, A lot of them, you know, they're they're adults, so (laughs) call it what it is. But help these guys, (laughs) um, you know, help them become better in what they're doing and, and I'm just just really happy at seeing, you know, the progression from so many of the artists and so many of the producers. I mean they, they went from basic uh FL studio beats to actually composing music and seeing yeah. you know, the the actual growth and change in, in these guys and, and, and the realization of it. And then what I really like over the past couple of weeks what we've been doing is really introducing them to the business side of it and how, how much they adapted to uh the business part of our music industry because I know coming up we used to say it's the, the, the rap game and I've always been offended by it. I never thought it was a game. I thought it was a business. And I came with it in a, in a business mindset that, you know, if you didn't have uh, any type of business acumen with it, these people will take advantage of you. And, you know, re- industry rule 4080, you know, record company people are shady, you know, trap call quest. And it's, it's, it's the absolute truth. You know, you have to really understand the business. And so we've been really focusing on um, the betterment of these musicians, because let's make sure we call them that first, these musicians. And then secondly, we've worked on the betterment of these musicians as business people in the music industry. And I'm just so proud of all of them. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's it's so important um, when it comes to the business aspect of it, because the problem that I've seen with a lot of artists is that they get so focused on the numbers and and, and the likes and the clicks and the yada yada yada. Right. And I've seen I don't wanna it was something in the millions for TikTok views. But the way mm-hmm. that check looked, I think it was like eight dollars or something crazy. Exactly. I was like, This exactly. is insane. That's a lot right. let's be very no, let's be very clear. If you are not a content creator, you would not understand this. How long if you when you really a content creator you're taking your time to make sure the video is right. You're making sure all your yeah. your voiceovers, your editing's on point. You sometimes you got to redo it because the darn thing won't echo. So you got to go back and re-edit and go re and go uh, re-export and all those things and color corrections. This takes hours. Right. If I do all That's of right. that and I get a million views and I get an eight dollar check, I want I'm going to TikTok and say, "Excuse me, where is my money?" Oh. <laughs> well, right <laughs> this don't make no kind of sense. I need to talk to Tick and Talk on this. <laughs> tick and Talk right away. Right. Yep. Cut my money. And so, the same, yeah, right, and, a lot involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the same thing goes for Spotify. 
you know, um, they, they, I'm like, okay, so how are the people that have never written a record, don't know how to write a record, have no clue what's going on, making so much more money than the people that actually are making the records? Yep, <laughs> exactly. And that's this the thing is that insane. we really focus on when we talk to these younger artists. You know, it's 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 cool to have a million streams. It's cool to, you know, have all these followers and everything like that. But if you're not making the money from it, then you know there's something. There's a disconnect somewhere that we have to find and get that disconnect corrected. And we 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 I think we're in this era where everyone thinks everything is just push a button and it's easy. And it's not. It's harder now than it's ever been yeah. to make money in music. In my opinion, I I really do. I think. We we take for granted the ease of uh, social media, the ease of streaming service services and devices and things like that, and don't realize like everything you said before, all the input it takes to make that actually work and happen, and uh, become successful with it. It's just um, it's a lot it's a lot a lot of input to go into it. I mean, if you don't have uh, the, every I dot and every T crossed, you're going to lose mm-hmm. you know hundreds of thousands of dollars if possible, and it's happened. And I think we talked. Oh, definitely. Uh, that, yeah, and our last back is we talked about sampling, and you know mm-hmm. everybody loves the sample. Everybody loves the sample, but when I talk, when we talk about the actual true way to clear sample, goodness, you can hear you can hear pin drop. <laughs> so it's 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 a yeah a lot to do in our industry, and and, and that's, those are things that come with time, though. You know, I didn't know all this stuff when I first started. I was, you know, I believe the old lot that you can sample eight seconds. And you know, and not get sued from it, and that's a complete uh, oh. fabrication. So yeah, no. <laughs> you know, you have to really know your business with it, and that's that's one thing I've always prided myself on is knowing everything about everything. Absolutely, and Gary Nemnay, producer, Diesel Hampton is my Dustin and Denia Azure Radio. So you know, we're, we're talking about music, and you know, and how social media can can affect it. But talk about DHMG and how all of that came to be and what exactly you guys do. So DHMG is not your standard um, record label. So what we do primarily, we focus on the production side of it. Uh, that's our, our number one priority. We do syncs and placements. Uh, we are right now um, con- you know, in, in contracting and works with Paramount and Netflix. We're doing um, – and a couple other companies for doing syncs and placements. Uh, throughout, you know, the, the, let's use the term metaverse, in the metaverse right now. And that's our primary function. Secondary, we do direct production for commercial projects. So we've worked with, uh, I mean, I've, I've worked with tons of artists from all the way from old scores like Sounds of Blackness and, um, you know, in Vogue, all the way up to our, our newer artists, you know, um, that's out there. I can, everybody with the word little in front of them, I probably didn't talk to them and touch them. So we, you know, we, 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 we do that. We do the commercial side of it. And then on top of that, we do a lot of the uh, consultation for artists. So that's where my partner, my lovely wife again, Ms. Jen Alexander, uh, comes in and we do the consultation uh, building artists and development. And that's a lost art uh, in our industry right now where there isn't really focus on the artist and development part. It, it, unfortunately, a lot of us are confused, thinking I make a hot song, I put it on Spotify, I got uh, 10,000 Instagram followers, I'm good. And it's not that. I mean, if you really want to be uh, your top tier, your, your your high-end artist, your Cardi B's, your, your hell, I hate to say Justin Timberlake's, not Justin Timberlake, uh, what's the boy's name, Justin Bieber's, um, you right. know, I'm just saying names that people recognize, there's still mm-hmm. a, a art to developing an artist. And that's what we do. So that's the third yeah. tier of what we do. 
So production, sync placements, and consultation is what the Diesel Hampton or DHMG Music Group is all about. That's definitely what's up. And shout out to Bryson. We actually had her on right after she dropped her, her book, uh, Fuck It, which is super, super awesome. So uh, shout out to her and all the work she was in, uh, helping her out with bad kids. And she's just an incredible, uh, not just a writer, but um, she's a poet and just so, so smart and just really, really good when it comes to content creation and all of that. So make sure y'all, y'all show some love to her as well. And shout out to uh, Netflix and Paramount Plus. Those are two of our partners as well here at Next Legacy. Yeah. So, yes, yes, yes. Super dope. You know, I think um, what would be the biggest advice that you would give to an independent artist who's first starting out? I'll, I'll give the same piece of advice that was given to me by Pharrell Williams, and that is if you're going to be an artist, you know, definitely be an artist and go as hard as you can as an artist. But hire somebody to run your business as hard as you're going to as hard as you're going to run your artistry. They have to go 100 percent in on the business side for you as it, um, as you would do for yourself. And the reason I say that to separate the two because it's almost impossible for you to do 100 percent as an artist and 100 percent as a business person. So yes. to, to pull it around, DHMG uh, gives me the freedom and flexibility to focus on the production side and focus on, you know, getting those projects taken care of. Whereas the other partners in the group, in the company, they are able to work the actual business side of us and allow us to get the contracts and allow us to do that business part. So the advice I say is get it, build a team. Build, one man is not an island. Build, one woman is not an island. Build a team. Get smart people in place for you that you trust and let them work. Don't try to intercede their work if they're working for you. Let them work and let them run your business while you do the best art that you can possibly do. That's the advice Pharrell gave me, and I share it to the world. That is awesome. I, I agree 10,000%. What do you think is the biggest mistake that most new artists make? Sharing music too quickly. I think one mm. thing that we do, it's it's a habit to make something hot and something dope, and you want everybody to hear it. You know, nobody wants to sit on on a, on a live grenade, but sometimes it can backfire or it can explode in your hand. And, you know, we talked about the whole clearance of samples and stuff like that. But also it's about understanding what the market is and who to put it out to and when to put it out. I'm sitting on a song right now that I know for a fact it will, will, will be a, you know, a, a mega hit. But I'm sitting on it because I'm trying to make sure the timing is right for it. The marketing is right, right. where everything is in place for it. There, there's a time for everything. And I'm not telling everyone to wait until 10 years to drop a song, but I believe that if you understand when to release your music as opposed to just releasing, releasing everything you got and, you know, you're going to understand how to cultivate an audience and have people wanting your music. The thing that's, that's upset me about mm-hmm. um, black music more than anything, especially hip-hop music, because that's the realm I grew up in, is that our artists now want to drop a 1,000 songs at one time, and yet no one knows who they are. So if you drop a thousand right. songs, and I have no idea who you are. What's the, what's the incentive for me to listen to anything that you have? You drop seven albums, but I haven't even heard your first single yet. And we need mm-hmm. to get back to cultivating and, and, and grassroots and growing these singles. The biggest songs are grown. They're not they're not instant drops. Everybody wants to do a uh, Beyonce drop at twelve o'clock midnight on a Wednesday and go go multi-platinum, but they forget one thing, they ain't Beyonce. 
You know what I'm feeling? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you don't have that marketing behind you, you can't. You have to know when to release your song and time it right. Get that marketing part done, and you're going to be golden. That part. That part there. You know, I think the biggest thing about that one piece you said when it comes to Beyonce dropping, uh, you know, drop an album and it sells out right away, that took work. That didn't yeah. happen overnight. <laughs> she didn't do her first album. She did her first Destiny Child album, they had to build it and grow it up. I mean, you were thinking, mm-hmm. can you pay my bills for two years before, you know, the next single dropped out? Because that you had to build that recognition of it. And if you can't get people recognizing who you are, what's the purpose of me dropping another song? I don't care about the first song. Why do I care about the second song? And mm-hmm. regardless of the advancements in technology, the mindset of the human beings is still the same. I have to know what you have before I have an interest in it. And that's why we you have to market and understand when is the time to drop a song. Right, definitely. And this and this is where the situation with social media can come into play is that you're able to kind of get people anticipating and wait and waiting for that record because they're giving like little snippets of like, you know, him here, here in the studio, him doing X, Y, Z, and you're bringing your, you're bringing your fans into your, into a very small portion of your life just enough so that they're wanting to know when your music is going to drop. Now there definitely is too much, too much oversharing because there are some people that I was like, why would you say that in an interview? Are you kidding me? But we only know all the business. But when it comes to the music, definitely that mm-hmm. those those and this is free game for y'all. I, I use this in my classes. Free game for y'all. Those BTS right. photos from your from your from your photo shoots and in the booth are important mm-hmm. because it lets your yep. audience know that you are working. You don't have to have yep. no. You don't have to have no kind of sound. You can do an acapella, whatever. But it lets people know that you are working for real, and you're not just saying that you're doing X, Y, Z, you're actually putting, uh, you're putting that time in to get everything together. Well, think about this way. What's the biggest event of the year that's, that's marketed to death for three months? Christmas, right? And little yep. kids are waiting for Christmas. Mm. They know, December 25th, they know I'm going to wake up and I'm going to get a bunch of presents there. But that whole time, they're getting songs about Santa Claus and Silent Night and the Grinch and all the stuff, and it's building them up, and they're getting anticipating, and they're sweating, they're throbbing, they're shaking their hands, and Daddy, Daddy, when Christmas, is it Christmas yet? You're like, nah, it's still December 2nd. And, you know, and they're going, Daddy, the Christmas, nah, it's December 3rd, quit asking. You know, and they're going, they want it, they want it, they want it. And then all of a sudden, Christmas comes. Boom, it's the happiest day in, the, in this, this child's life. And this, that's how your music needs to be. You need to, your, your release needs to be Christmas. You need to get people built up. And waiting for it. This is the reason why companies like Marvel and Disney and Marvel do so well because they they put something out and they put enough of it out for you to be interested and in waiting for it. Yeah. Like when they dropped Wakanda Forever, they gave us little hints and teasers and teasers and teasers, and you couldn't wait for it. And then when you and before the movie came out, we had a line of people lined outside the movie theater dressed up like their favorite character from the movie just to come in and watch yeah. the movie, regardless if you liked it or loved uh-huh. it or hated it you still was anticipating it. And that's what you have to do for your music. You have to anticipate. You have to make it so that people want to want to hear your music. That's why throwing yeah. out a thousand songs at one time is the worst thing a young artist can do. They they get confused from a, a Lil Wayne mixtape and think they can do the same thing. But like I said earlier, you ain't Lil Wayne until you get to that point. Mm-hmm. And, then he, and Lil Wayne still doesn't do that. And I'm using him as right. an example. He still doesn't do that. Lil Baby still don't do that. They don't do that. They still anticipate something, make it so you anticipate for it. That's why they advertise 
That's where they do features and things like that so they can build up for their new project. But if you give everything away, you know, like they say, what's the, what's the thing? Uh, why buy the why buy the cow when the milk is free? You know, you, you you've already given mm-hmm. everything away, so you have nothing else to offer me. And artists need to really understand it and take that into consideration. Yes, and Grammy nominated producer and owner of GHMG, producer Hampton's my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. So, and I, I love that you gave that example when it comes to to Disney because my I would definitely say when it comes to things like the Little Mermaid that's coming out in May. People were having a yep. fit about that, what, two years ago? Um, yep. And to this day, they're like, they got all these displays from the seventh third. What does that mean? All those people are going to go to the theater and buy those tickets because they want to see how, because they were going to talk about it and hate it and this, that, and the third and all of that. And all the little races are going to be like, not my mermaid and this, and the child's going to be trending, right? Um, that, you know, <laughs> like, that's, that's how that's going to work because I know I'm going to be in line for that. Disney doesn't care if they hate it, if they love it, whatever. Mm-hmm. All they care of no. care is that they sold tickets to it. That's all it's about. That's it. It don't matter if it's crap, if it's great. It's about making money on the whole thing. So when it comes down to Absolutely. it, if you drop a song and you got the song out to go, and it could be a garbage song, but you've built up anticipation for it, and you've been advertising and marketing and getting people to see your face, and they want to know who you are and what you got, what you got, who's this guy, who is little such and such, who, who's little Cadillac. What little Cadillac got coming out? What do you got coming out? Got coming out. <laughs> little Cadillac. Oh, and then all of a sudden, boom, little Cadillac, the Cadillac drop. Here his song is. And regardless if it's a, a complete disaster or if it was a great song, he got the people in place to get to get, get that song. And that's what it's all about, building that anticipation up. So, again, going back to your question, don't release everything that you have at one time. Sit on your music and know when the time is right and build an audience up for it. Because without an audience, you don't have anything anyway. Absolutely. Definitely. You know, and I think um, when it comes to that piece of building that anticipation, now when it comes to what would you say would be the qualities of a good song? Um, You know, that's a good question. I think... A good song in today's marketplace would be something that is catchy, something that gets people's attention, you know, and and something that you're going to sing, you know, that's going to be, that's that's memorable. A great hook is always the key to a, a great song, you know, because you want people to sing it and remember it. Now, I say that as a person that listens to the most lyrical music in the world without any type of. Uh, <laughs> without any type of uh, hook or anything with it because I'm, you know, I'm straight up underground New York hip-hop guy. But when it comes to a song that's going to last and make it, you know, it's making those hooks that that, that stand out and, and make people want to sing it. So when you, you, ha- you have a good song, I mean, I'll, I'll use um, Mariah Carey. All the single ladies, all the single ladies. Everybody knows that song. You start singing that song, everybody gets up and start going on it. So the the key is having something um, vocally. Wait, that's Beyonce. Yeah, on the Beyonce. So definitely have, uh, you know, something that's that's memorable. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. when it comes down to the instrumentation part of it, you know, people like to have a good time. And regardless Mm -hmm. if it's a good time listening to a somber song or a good time dancing, make sure your music is enjoyable. Don't make it – never make music for yourself. Make it for for your audience. You know, don't don't sit up and make the stuff that you just want to make. Because you think this is dope and you're mm-hmm. so creative and you're so uh, above everybody else. Because, and excuse my language, that shit don't sell. You know when it comes down to it. Yeah. The, the, 
the more creative you are, the, the, the further away you can get from your fan base. And I'm not saying this just to make dumbed down music. I'm saying make something that people want to dance to. I, 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 I never forget that movie years ago, um, Spike Lee movie, Mo Band of Blues. And he say, you know, and, he, and Denzel was arguing with, with, uh, Wesley Snipes. And Wesley Snipes says, the reason, the problem is you all, you, you grandiose people don't play what the people want to hear. And that's what it comes down to, you know, make something that the people want to hear and make something that, that they can remember. If they can remember your song, you got it made. You, that's, that's, that's a, that's the game right there. I mean, Kanye yeah. West, every song you made that, that his, his big hits are songs that you can sing. Jesus walks. Because you remember Jesus yep. Walks without a question. You know, anytime you can, you can say, she give me money, you remember those songs because it's right there. It's in your, it, it's catchy. And you're going to say, and you want to sing along with it. You want to sing along with it. The, song, the, the thing I love about music is that it's, it's that one art form, I believe, that everybody wants to be a part of. You know, when you hear a song, you just don't want the band playing the song. You know, the human body wants to dance to it, so we want to feel it. And then we want to sing to it, so we want to know it. We want to be a part of it, like we like we made the song ourselves. I mean, you hear a Michael mm-hmm. Jackson song, and to this day, I'm you know I get up like a little kid and start singing Billy G. I'm dancing with it because I want to be part. I want to be Michael. I want to be the person that's singing that song. And that's what it comes down to, you know. So again, make something that people can remember. Make, you know, the hook is always good, and make something people can feel. And then you got to hit. Most definitely. So when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, and, and that's a great question. Um, for me is, one, to be recognized for just for the work I've done, uh, working with other musicians and other artists. Um, at one point in my life, I wanted to be Quincy Jones. Um, and then another part of my life, I wanted to be Barry Gordy. At this point, I want to be Russell Simmons. You know, I just want to be known and not just a man in the front, in the forefront so much because, you know, I, 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 I'd rather build and create something and be known for my creation than being known as the face of that, that creation, if you understand what I'm saying. I, I want to to, to build um, an entity that, you know, that brought people up to where they want to be with everything musically. You know, my, my desire is to turn out as many great artists as possible and really bring great music out. I'm not going to use good music because, you know, that's kind of gay thing. I'm going to say great music. <laughs> right, great right. music out and just have great music out there because, you know, I, I know it sounds cliche, but music has saved, saved my life more than one time. You know, it's gotten yeah. me through so many things. There, the, the thing I love about the musical experience is that, you know, you can play the right song and cry for no damn reason whatsoever just because that song's on. And that's the thing I want. Definitely. I want to create more of those sense of scenarios where people are just loving what they do with it, and I built and helped these artists come up and become the best they can be. And then I want ten Grammys. So you know, <laughs> with that. So also with that. So, but that that that's that's where I want to be. I want to have a, a mark where I made a difference in the lives of many musicians, and I inspire people to make the best possible music they can be when it's all said and done. Possibly, and a billion definitely. dollars. Yes, and a billion dollars. So checkpoint for sure. Absolutely gotta have the abundance. <laughs> Thank right. you so much for coming on. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and book you. I am on all social media platforms, very simple, under Diesel Hampton. And it's not a special way to spell it. It's not. It's real easy. It's like the truck. D I E S E L and then Hampton H A M P T O N. Diesel Hampton on all social media platforms. Um, also at www.dieselhampton.com, 
the website is being revamped, so that will be uh, revamped this week. Um, and in booking, um, you can contact me, DieselHampton at Outlook.com, or, you know, send me a message on social media, and I'm happy to talk, and, and you know, for for not just for, for music, for bookings, but also do motiv- I speak, I do uh, classes as well, teaching motivational speaking, all that, and, um, you know, that's, that's, that's me. Yes, Diesel is definitely an amazing producer and even better teacher. It is a pleasure to be working with him uh, with, with Bad Kids. So thank you so much, Diesel. You are so awesome. Thank you so much, Dana. I really appreciate you having me on board. Swerve, 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 swerve. 